excited what God is doing. I'm excited about how the enemy is fighting so hard because that means he is really nervous. He is afraid. He is scared out of his ever-hating mind about what God is going to do with the, with, with the church and through the church. Praise God. I'm excited about what's going on. Yes, amen. Amen. I, I shared with somebody, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. We said it last night at prayer. Shared it today. But of power, love, and of a sound mind. Amen. God is doing great things. And I believe God wants to do even greater things. And I'm excited. Amen. And I believe He wants to use us to do great things. Amen. Aren't you glad He can use even somebody like us? To do something great for his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Didn't didn't even give the name of the boy. Just a boy. They had just a lunch. God took that. He blessed it. He broke it. He fed 5,000 plus women and children. Amen. I just believe God wants to do great things. And uh, just there's sickness. There's problems. People in the church going through sickness. People in the church going through problems. But God. Right. I don't have to finish that, is it? But God. <laughs> right. Pastor, I'm going through this. But God. Still on the throne. He's still the mighty God. Yes. He's still the mighty God. Amen. And I know I'm, uh, I'm, I'm talking for a couple minutes here tonight. You are a faithful people. Amen. You are a faithful people. And you're faithful to him. He will continue to be faithful to you. Yes, that's right. Amen. I believe that. I just have a good word for somebody tonight. You're faithful. You just keep holding on and be faithful. God will be faithful to you. That's right. Amen. He never stopped being faithful. Amen. God's faithful. And uh, I do feel like I have a man of word just, just encouraging me. And, but I, I feel like it will kind of picking up from Sunday morning. I really feel this is kind of part two from Sunday morning. If you weren't here and did not or did not hear it, uh, I will try to build just a little bit upon that. It won't take too long. won't be labor. Uh, but uh, I do feel like this is part two. For, from that and, uh, and and I feel like I have a call that needs to come forward to not just those here tonight but those not able to be here tonight and so I pray that that uh, they will be challenged in the Holy Ghost and at some point they will hear this um, <clears throat> amen I just I just feel this and I'm, I'm going to make a call in a little while uh, I think everyone everyone Living for God is mandated to praise. Do you believe that? Uh, do you believe that everyone is mandated to give God glory and to worship? Do you believe that it is our duty, responsibility, and living for God to give our tithe and offering? Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Do you also believe that we are mandated to reach to the lost? To compel them to come in? 
Amen. That's why I think everybody ought to be in outreach. Well, I can't walk. There's something you can do. And so just in the next few days, few weeks, amen, outreach, outreach team department is going to expand. Not just for people to walk and pass out flyers and door knock. We, we, we do pass flyers. We do drop them off on houses. We have little door hangers and knobs and all that. But there's more to outreach. You don't have to be able to do that to be outreach. There's things you can call people that, that maybe some backsliders that need to be reached out to. That's outreach. Some visitors that have come, they need to, somebody to pray for them. Our prayer team, I believe we're mandated to pray and fast. It's our responsibility to pray for one another and to pray for the lost, to edify the saved and to evangelize the lost. And so pastor is asking everyone that calls this church their home church to get involved in outreach and prayer and fasting. I'm not asking you to do, walk every, I'm not asking you to get up, be here on Saturday to walk. I'm asking you to be involved in outreach. Pastor, I can't get it. I can't come on Saturdays and walk. I understand that. It's fine. You can reach to the lost. Right. You can pat. You can say, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on a team. We're gonna take some church cards and we're gonna pass them out to people at Walmart or Albertsons. When I go to the store, I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to inviting five people to church this week. You don't have to walk to do that. You can do that on your phone. Well, everybody ought to be involved in outreach. Doesn't have to look the same. Doesn't have to do the same. So we'll do, we can do. There's something we can do. We can't be all things to all people, but there's something I can do for somebody. You can pray for some. If you need somebody to pray, pray for me. Amen. I need it. Just ask my wife. Amen. So I, I, I will be. You know, as we move forward, I will be. Uh, asking, requesting, expecting uh, people to get more involved somehow, some way. And we are, we're trying to be creative. We want to be creative. Why? Because there are souls that are in the balance. We have family members and friends that need to be saved. They need the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Maybe it's reaching out through social media. Maybe it's reaching out through a web page. Maybe it's reaching out through talking to people. Maybe it's reaching out to... Eight people watching the service online. Just listening to the praise and worship. It's outreach. Amen. I received an email uh, from a pastor. Don't know who this guy is. He pastors someplace in Africa. Tuned into our webpage. He asked if I'd be available to preach to his congregation at some point. I don't know who they are, where they are. Absolutely, I'll preach Jesus' name, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right here. Amen. And I'll be honored to do it because it's a privilege to reach the Lord. Outreach doesn't mean we're just trying to save souls here. We're reaching to the whole world. Whosoever will, let them come. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I want to take take us to two passages of scripture one uh, used in the message on Sunday morning we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 22 Ezekiel chapter 22 verse number 30 
And then we're going to go to the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. Somebody shout amen. amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. And did you not enjoy seeing these young people singing on the praise team tonight? I just, it does my heart so good to see them. Amen, amen. See these young people singing, worshiping, train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they shall not depart. Amen. I'm glad we've got some great young people that are going to do great things. They are going to do great things for the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse number 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. Before me. Again, there's a space, there's a place, there's a vacancy. That I should not destroy it, but I found none. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. For there is one God and one mediator between. Everybody say between. God and men. There's one mediator. His name is Jesus. That's what he says. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Praise God. I want to preach on this subject, bridging the gap. Bridging the gap. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of God. God, stir up the gift within each and every one of us. God, I need you to touch me, to talk to me, speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the unction of the Holy Ghost. God, to deliver what is in my heart tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Speak to me and through us. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. A gap. I looked for a man who would make up the hedge and stand in the gap. A gap, and I'm not talking about the store, is a break or a hole between two objects. It is a vacancy between uh, two objects. It is an unfulfilled space or interval. There is something that is missing between Two points, between two objects, between two places, between two things or two people. It's a gap. It's a space. There's something that's missing there. We know that Adam and Eve walked in the garden. They walked with the Lord. They had a relationship. But sin separated them from the presence of the Lord. That's what sin does. It always separates and divides. When people try to divide us, I just look at them and see sin that's driving them. People that want to divide, and I know we rightly divide the word of truth. I know we rightly divide right from wrong, but when the enemy tries to divide 
people one from another and cause division in, in a negative light, in an evil way. They are trying to divide between white and black and brown and pink and yellow and polka. polka. I'm telling you, there's a sin somewhere that's dividing them because sin is what divides. Many people have come, this isn't my message, but have come and they say we're the great unifiers and yet they end up dividing more than they unify. There's a sin problem. Say, Well, they're, a, they're all about division. No, there's a sin problem and it's causing division. A church that's divided, that's probably got some sin in the camp. Why can't we unify? Well, there's probably sin somewhere. Well, hello, that wasn't in my notes, but man, that is really good stuff right there. I might buy my own tape on that. <clears throat> Mentioned Luke chapter 16, the rich man that went to hell, and yet he looked up and he saw Lazarus, he saw Abraham, and, and he says that there, there, there's, there's a great divide here between uh, you and us. The reason there was a divide was because the man was a sinner. And it was lost. And so sin always separates. And he says that, he looks at Abraham and he says, between us and you there is a great gulf. And I mentioned this on Sunday morning. That word gulf is the word vacancy. There is a vacancy. There is a fixed gulf for a vacancy between me and thee. So that that which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us. There is a great divide. And I talked on Sunday morning about how Jerusalem is a representation of, uh, of, of its Mount Zion. It's the pinnacle. It's, it's the, the New Jerusalem is called references as heaven is called. Heaven's referenced are called New Jerusalem. And yet, just, just to the west is the Valley of Hinnom or Gehenna that Jesus said, talked about, used the word Gehenna to, in, in the English language. We, we, we took that and, and described it as hell, but he said it's Gehenna. There's, that's the difference between heaven and hell where there's a fire that's burning. And yet Golgotha was, was, was a place in between where God bridged the gap for humanity. Praise God. Jesus was crucified at Golgotha, the place of the skull between Jerusalem and Gehenna. It's a place outside of the city. It was a place where there Jesus stood in the gap. He stood and made up the hedge for you and for I. Praise God. In Ezekiel 22, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. At this time, Jesus isn't born yet. The flesh isn't born yet. This is Old Testament. God is spirit. He doesn't have a physical body yet. And I looked to see who could stand before me. Who can make up the hedge? And I found none. That's the reason God manifested Himself in the flesh. Becoming our mediator. The man Christ Jesus. Jesus was fully God and Fully man. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are, I'm fully God and fully man. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He stood in the gap. He bridged the gap. 
For you and I. Why? Because he loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the flesh, the body, the man, Christ Jesus, for us. Much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. I'm thankful for the atonement. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for reconciliation. Why, why, why did God rope himself, go to the cross? For God so loved the world, that's why. For God so loved you, that's why. Aren't you glad Jesus loves you? Psalmist in 16 of Psalms, I read this Sunday morning, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Glad he didn't just leave me to die. Glad he didn't just leave me to rot in all eternity. Neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. I'm glad I found the path. I'm glad I found the way. And in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You see, it is a bridge that is something used to reconcile or form a connection between two separated things. Calvary was the bridge that reconciled. The blood that he shed at Calvary created a bridge that reconciled heaven and earth. Praise God. The Old Testament and Second Chronicles. I don't have time to get all, all these verses, but I'll just give you one or two. And the priests killed the sacrifices, and they made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement for all Israel. In our text, he made it, he's our atonement. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all of Israel. Colossians in the New Testament is talking about reconciliation. It's talking about the blood. Colossians 1, verse 20 And having made peace through the blood of His cross. Everybody say His cross. By Him to reconcile, to bridge the gap between two separated things. To reconcile all things unto Himself. I looked for a man that could make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. And there was none. That's why he had to robe himself in flesh to reconcile all things unto himself. And by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. You see, the cross, Calvary, the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary bridged the gap between heaven and earth. Between heaven and hell. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled. He's bridged the gap. You who were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that he reconciled with me. I'm thankful that he bridged the gap to where I was so that I can be with him. He went on to say in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. 
See, Calvary bridged the gap between heaven and earth. Calvary reconciled. Calvary bridged the gap between two separated things, the lost and the saved. The sinner and the saint. 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You see, you get to pass from the old to the new. You get across the bridge of eternal life. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, I knew you went, oh yeah, that was before I crossed over the bridge. That's before Calvary. That's B.C., before Christ. But now I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Anyone thankful for the cross? Anyone thankful for the cross that bridged the gap? Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the mediator. And hath given us, or to us, the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ. Look for a man. I didn't see anybody. I looked for a one sinner. Nobody could do it. There was no perfect sacrifice. God had to robe himself into Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, hear this, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Just remember that. Say, I'm an ambassador for Christ. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He bridged the gap. He reconciled. And so in our text, the second passage we read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, For there is one God and one mediator. Between God and men. The man. Everybody say the man. Christ Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. The word mediator literally means a go-between. A middle man. I almost titled this tonight the man in the middle. An intervener. That's what mediator means. Someone that will... Stand in the gap. Someone that will make up the hedge. A mediator. It's one that goes between. It's one that connects two separated bodies. Oh, It's one that can bring those that are separated together in unity. I thank God for His flesh, the man Christ Jesus, because He unified me with God Himself. made me an ambassador he's the mediator he's the go-between he's the great intervener he's the man in the middle several years ago quite a few we were we were rear-ended in in our our vehicle and uh, my wife's cousin was an attorney he's still an attorney but he doesn't do this kind of court anymore he does other things uh legal things he's still an attorney but 
that time he did court cases and suits, and he said, I'll take your case. And if I don't win, if you don't get anything, I don't win. Don't, you guys don't worry about nothing, but he'll, I'll take a little fee. You know, they take a little bit of whatever we get. And uh, we said, that sounds great. It's all up to you. We don't have to worry about it. Whatever. Do what you got to do. And it was, I don't know, probably a year or two, a year, year and a half later, uh, he, it just seemed to drag on. Matter of fact, we kind of almost really kind of forgot about it. And he said, we're going to meet. All right. So we went down to, to his law office and we met. And uh, we were in one room, and I guess the, the insurance uh, company or representative for the insurance company was in the next room. And guess what? There was an attorney that had come down from Fresno who her cousin Scott knew, and uh, he was the mediator. He was the go-between. And he would sit and talk to us. What would you like? Money? How much would you like? A lot? Scott, you know, he said, they want this, 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 this. Mediator says, let me go. He'd leave, he'd go back. He's probably over there just, you know, having a cup of coffee, and we're sitting there waiting, you know. And pretty soon he comes back. They want to do this, this, this. And Scott said, mm-mm. We didn't get very high. But he was going back and forth, back until they could reach a settlement. Mediator. Mediator. You know what God did? He robed himself in flesh. He said, there's a, there's a price that you can't pay. What I'm going to do, I'm going to step in the middle and I'm going to pay it for you. I'm going to pay the debt you can't pay. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to make up a hedge. I'm going to bridge the gap. Why? Because I'm going to reconcile. I'm going to restore two that are separated into one. It's to re- reconciliation means to restore or to rebuild relationship. Literally, that's what it means. When we are reconciled, we, are, we have a relationship with Christ. God himself. Romans 6 and 23, you can quote it, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Where? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. You got to go to the bridge. You got to go to the cross. You got to go to Christ if you want to be reconciled to God. Jesus bridged the gap for all humanity at Calvary. We who once were lost now have access and relationship with eternal life. He paid the price. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. He paid the price at Calvary. Man, I'm telling you, the bridge that God built, that He established at Calvary, is an amazing bridge, let me tell you. It has an amazing span. A span is from end to end. You want to know how far Calvary reaches from everlasting to everlasting. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. The wingspan of Calvary reaches to as far as out as you are, to as far as you need to get to. I'm telling you, it will bridge the gap for anyone. Wingspan is how far you can reach from one end to the other. How far is the wingspan of God? I'm telling you, it's as far from hell all the way to heaven. 
He can reach to those that are afar off. But he doesn't want to leave us there, thank God. He wasn't uh, content in leaving us there. He said, I know how far away you are. I know how far deep down in sin you are. I know there's a great gulf. There's a vacancy. But I'm going to bridge the gap. I'm going to fill the vacancy. I'm I'm still tag teaming on Sunday morning. If if you're here, you, you hear that. You understand that. Psalms 103 says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, and so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. He can pull us as far away as we are and bring us nigh, and He can separate us from our sin and cast our sin that we can't get to. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting. His forgiveness is unmeasurable. And His blood can wash a multitude of sin. I'm telling you, Calvary bridged the gap for all of us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with His might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, And that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm telling you, the love of God is is, is, as far, there's as much love as you need. The, the, The bridge can span as far as you need it to span. I'm telling you, there is no sinner too far. I've said this many times, and I'll say it many times again. Sinners are not out of reach. They're just out of touch. Sinners are not out of reach. They're just out of touch. But I'm telling you, He bridged the gap to get to where I was, to pull me out of a miry pit. Oh, thank God He filled the vacancy. People turn to drugs and alcohol and all kinds of lifestyles. Why? Because there's a vacancy. There's emptiness. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 2 and 9 and several other times, he said, it's all vanity. That, little, that word literally means emptiness. There's a vacancy. There's, there's vanity. People turn to this and try that because they're trying to find something to vi- fill the void. But nothing but the Holy Ghost, but relationship, but reconciliation. Nothing but Calvary. <clears throat> Amen. And I preached all that. That was foundation. Tag teaming was Sunday morning. I told you this is part two. It was the cross that bridged the gap. It was Calvary that bridged the gap from Jerusalem to Gehenna. From the valley of Hinnom. Lake of fire. It's the, it's the cross that bridged the gap. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny it's a Greek word there, aperneomai. It means to disown or to trade in. When you came to God, you gave Him a trade in. He gave you new. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You came and brought your old dilapidated pickup. And you drove away in a spiritual Ford Raptor, praise God. Amen. You came in. That's what He wants to trade in. He, wants, he just wants your trade in and He'll give you brand new. He said, let him deny, trade in himself. And take up his cross 
and follow me. Paul said it like this, in living for God, he said, I have to crucify my... How many know what he was talking about? Ready? Let me give you a little fresh fire, a little insight, just a simple thought. You can't crucify anything unless you have a cross. If you're not taking up your cross and following him, you got nothing to crucify your flesh on. If, you're not ta- if you don't take up your cross, you can't crucify the flesh. I didn't think you'd shout on that. I didn't think you'd run the aisles on that. But I hope you spiritually chew on that. Because every one of us need to take up our cross if we're going to follow Him. Everyone needs to take up our cross if we're going to crucify our flesh and deny ourselves and follow Him. There's a cross every one of us have to take up. It's our own cross. He said, take up your cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If you don't don't cross the bridge that God has prepared, then you're going to be lost. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? No, we don't like. We don't like really thinking about or really the practicality of taking up our cross and following Him. It means uh, to die to self. We look back at Calvary and, ooh, we, uh, you know, nothing like the old rugged cross and at Calvary and all these great songs and thank God for the blood. And, and yet when we start thinking, okay, how about you take up your own cross? Oh, I don't know about that. That means if I, if I take up my own cross, it means I might have to crucify myself. You see, in that time when Jesus said, take up your cross, they knew at that day and age when he said, take up your cross, crosses were used to crucify. It means we have to absolutely surrender our will to his will, our way to his way. And we sometimes as people don't like to do that. I, Michael Mulling, sometimes I don't like to do that. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Why, God, I want to cross. I want to take up my cross. I want to follow after you. I want to be a, a, a child of the king. Jesus also said in Luke 14, 27, and whosoever, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He looks at him and says, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you don't have a cross, you have nothing to crucify. If you don't have a cross, you can't be his disciple. You have to take up your own cross. If you're not carrying your cross, you're disconnected from relationship. This is why this is part two. Get this tonight. This is why this is part two. Part one is he, he, God robed himself. He took upon himself his own cross. He, he hung him, he allowed himself to be crucified and hung there, suspended between hell and heaven, between heaven and earth. To bridge the gap. Part two is we got to take up our cross and do our part to also bridge the gap. He's saying, I'll meet you in the middle, the mediator. It's the one in the middle, but you got to do your part. If I don't do my part, he can build as big of a bridge as he wants to, but if I stay on my side, 
and I never meet him at the bridge, if I never meet him at the cross, I'm going to be lost. I can't become one of his disciples unless I meet him in the middle. Where is the middle? It's the mediator. It's where reconciliation took place. It's where he bridged the gap. Mark 8, verse 34, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You can't crucify yourself if you don't have a cross to carry. Sometimes living for God, is a, I know he said my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I understand that. But when you live for God, you live for God very long. If you're going to live for God at all, there's a cross you're going to have to pick up and carry. And I'm telling you, it's worth carrying because it will carry you right across the bridge. It'll carry. When you're carrying the cross, pretty soon the cross is going to carry you. Matter of fact, if you look, I, I know I've shared this once or twice before, but you, there, was a, there was a conversation with an old rabbi. And they said they were looking at how the Ark of the Covenant, which was the house, the Spirit of God, the presence of God. And they said that it was, had gold and all the staves and the rings were gold. And, and how heavy it must have been with all that gold inside and outside. And, and, the, and the size of it had to be several hundred pounds. I mean, the minimum of 350, 400 pounds. Some argue that it might have been even 750 to 1,000 pounds. It was, it was heavy. How could four or six men carry that cross? Something so heavy. The rabbi said, well, that's because we believe that those that were willing to carry it, as soon as they would commit to carrying the presence of God, the, the ark would soon begin to carry them. You pick up your, your cross and you carry your cross for Christ. I'm telling you, it's the very thing that's going to carry you across the bridge of everlasting life. Mark 10, 17, two chapters later, he talks about the cross again. And he says, when he was gone forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Now knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery. And he goes, all these things. And he says, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. And then Jesus said, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give it to the poor. I'm not asking you to sell everything you got and give it to the poor tonight. That was a different, different time. But he was telling him, there's a cross you got to carry. Your cross is this is what you're going to have to do to follow me. I don't know what it is, but God's asking somebody, talking to us. And maybe I think as a corporate body of this church, there's a cross our church needs to carry. We need to get involved in outreach. We need to get involved in prayer and fasting. We need to get involved in reaching out to the lost. We need to get involved in having compassion and loving one another. Why? Because we want to reach the lost and save the world. He said he loved him. He said, but one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. You're going to get from here to there. How are you going to get from treasures on earth to treasures in heaven? Did you hear him? He didn't say you're going to have a greater revival. He didn't say you're going to have greater treasure here. He said you're going to have treasures in heaven. How do I get from having treasure here? He had that to having treasures in heaven. He had to take up his cross. Why? Because a cross always bridges the gap between two separated. If you don't take up your cross, you'll never be connected with him. 
living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That means you don't want to crucify your flesh. That, why don't you want to crucify? Because if you have a cross, you've got to crucify yourself on the cross. But if I don't pick up my cross, i got nothing to crucify my flesh. I can do what I want to do. Yes, but you're going to forever be disconnected. I'm not talking, saying you to you as an individual, although it would fit. I'm talking to every one of us in all humanity. We need to take up our cross and follow Him. The Bible says he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Man, why are you grieving? Take up your cross. You're going to have treasures in heaven. He just showed you a way. He just... He just calls you to be a disciple. I mean, I, I don't know that he was, he was lost. He said he went away sorrowful. Uh, some say that this might have been Joseph of Arimathea. Some, some argue you know, he could have been saved. down there. He might have been there on, on the day of Pentecost. We don't know. But from that point, he, he went away. He didn't get closer at that point in time. But he could have become one of the disciples. He could have walked and talked. He could have had a better relationship with Christ if he'd have just taken up his cross. Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And he's not necessarily talking about how rich with money, how rich with, with things or things you're afraid to connect, things you were not willing to crucify. God is calling me, He's calling our church to take up a cross and to follow Him. You see, the book of Jude only has one chapter. Verse 22, the book of Jude, and I'm, I'm closing. I'm going to come to the keyboard. He said, and of some have compassion. Why did God robe himself in flesh? For God so loved the world that he gave. God is a God that, of compassion. He loved you enough that he would robe himself in flesh. Become our mediator. Become the one that connects two separated objects. Because of his love and compassion. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one toward another. He said, and if some have compassion, making a difference. Get this. This just jumped off the page. And others, save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. The reason you have a cross to carry is so that you can help bridge the gap to those that are in Gehenna. reason God has given us a cross to bear, a cross to carry, so that we can help bridge the gap between heaven and hell. People that are willing to carry their cross in ministry is because they have compassion for souls. You see, only someone that is a loving, like Christ's love, will carry a cross.
The man was in love with possessions more than he was in love with God. But when you love God with all your heart, like he loves you with all your heart. God, I don't mind carrying the cross. I know it's going to be painful. I know it might be. I, I know I'm denying self. I'm crucifying myself. Paul said he crucified himself daily. But that's because he had a cross to carry. He even prayed one time. He said, God, there's one thing I'm dealing with. Thrice I've asked you to take it away, but I can't. Why? That's Paul, that's your cross to carry. The reason you're carrying that cross, Paul, is because you're, I'm, I'm using you to reach from the very fires of hell having compassion, pulling them from the fire. At the end of prayer last night, Brother Tracy and I stood right back there, and he was sharing with me this weekend. I shared with him this message, and, and, and he, matter of fact, Luke 16 that I referenced tonight, you referenced Sunday morning, he references Sunday night in his message, and we were, we were standing there, and, and I was talking about the cross and how, how God bridged the gap, and he goes, man, bridge the gap! And it hit me as soon as he said it in the cross, I said, we got to take up our cross. I don't have a cross to take up. If I don't carry a cross, I can't reach anybody. God, help me. Take up the cross, whatever it is. Let's stand together. And in closing tonight, this is what I feel to do. I felt this all afternoon. Some of you are carrying a cross of Sunday school. Some of you carry the cross of music. Some of you carry the cross of being a musician, praise team member. Some of you carrying the cross of prayer. You have a burden to pray. You have a heart for prayer and fasting. Some of you carrying the cross of evangelism or outreach. Every one of us have a cross to carry. Some of you have been carrying a cross of being, just being a help to the church. Some here tonight have given so much. The only reason you've done that, I know, why? Because you love the work of God. You love God of the, the God of the work. You love the house of God. You love the people of God. And it's been a sacrifice at times, but it's a cross that God allowed you to carry. And it's not in vain. Because it's, it's God's using the cross that, that you're carrying pull somebody out of the fire. Some of you have sacrificed in this room. Sacrificed. Some of you sacrificed when we were purchase, purchasing this property. You know why? You have a you you have part credit. You're part of the bridge that bridged the gap for people to receive the Holy Ghost here the last several years. Some of those that have re- repented and baptized and some, some repented and baptized in Jesus' name have a relationship with God. Why? Because somebody was willing to carry a cross. Yeah, sometimes the cross might get heavy. <laughs> sometimes the cross is painful. I have to de- deny myself at times, and I don't like the fast, and I don't like this, and we don't like, and that. But God, it's not my will, but Thy will be done. I want to carry the cross. Why? Because the love for souls is greater than the pain of the cross. You know, we need to get to that point as a church. The love for souls needs to be greater. God, help me to love souls more than whatever the cost of the cross. Aren't you thankful Jesus loved you more than the cost and what it cost Him? 
For God so loved the world that He gave. This is what I feel. This is what I felt all afternoon. This is what I feel. I, I'm wondering if, if who will, will, will come to the altar tonight and just come and stand and say, I'm willing to, to carry the cross of prayer, to carry the cross of ministry, to carry the cross of outreach. Some of you have helped me carry a cross. There's been times I've called, reached out to Brother Monks or an elder or someone said, hey, I'm, I've got some, or this person, we need to pray together. Will you help me pray? Maybe it was a family member. You know, I just, God, I just need some help, Brother Monks. I just need you to help me pray. God, this cross is, this cross is getting a little heavy. I, I need some help. Why? But, 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 but love calls us to join and say, hey, let me, let me help you with the cross. I know it's a little heavy. Let me step in. Why? Because I love you and I love the work of God. Getting involved in ministry, whether it's on a platform or ladies' ministry, men's ministry. Brother Oswald opening up his house for the men to come and be refreshed and restored. And whatever cross, whatever cross, whatever. Why, why did I do that? Because I love the brethren. Ladies' ministry, because you love the ladies. The children's ministry, youth ministry. Bryson, Audrey, it's that young people are worth it. No, it's a burden sometimes. I know it takes you from takes time. It's a it's a sacrifice. I know it's a sacrifice. That's why it's a cross. Sometimes it's heavy. That's why we bind together and we lift up the hands. That I don't know if this is making sense, y'all. That's why I'm saying it's part two. God already carried his cross to Calvary. Now he's asking who will take up their cross and follow him. Who will take up their cross and help him bridge the gap to win a lost city. To reach out to our children. To teach our children the ways of righteousness and holiness. That's what I love. We have three or four young people up here on the praise team tonight. What are we trying to do? We're trying to instill them a love of ministry. To let them know they are just as much a part of the church as anybody else. Some of them, God, God's putting a call of God on their life. I believe God's already calling them into ministry, calling them. He knows the end. He's got, he's got a plan for their life. He knows how He can use them, but they got to be willing to take up their cross. I'll sing for the glory of God. I'll, I'll, I'll teach for the glory of God. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes in the kingdom of God. Why? Because I love Him. So I, I thank you for coming tonight because you have a love. Love of God and love for the people of God. So thank you for carrying your cross. As pastor, I just want to say thank you for carrying your cross. I know it seems heavy and it's been burdensome and it's crucified and sometimes it's painful. But I'm going to tell you there's, there's reconciliation at the cross. There's somebody going to get the Holy Ghost because you've been faithful to the cross. You keep carrying it. You keep doing what you, you keep doing your part. I'm telling you, it's going to pay eternal dividends. He looked at the man and said, if you'll take up your cross and follow me, you're going to have treasures in heaven. You may not see, you know, we say, I'm going to live for God and do this here. I'm going to, I'm going to give this and do that. And we expect there's a reward. I don't care if I get a reward here. I want my reward there forever and ever and ever and ever. Because you can't outgive God. He's going to bless you. <laughs> Eternity's going to be worth it all. Oh, but, Pastor, that cross is getting heavy. It's taking my time. It's, 
Why are you doing? Do you remember why you picked the cross up in the first place? Yes, because I love That's it. I love him. And I love the body of Christ. I love the I love the sinner. Think of it. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, he took up the cross. He was taken. We sing a song while he was on the cross, I was on his mind. While I was yet, you were yet a sinner. He was willing to take up. I'm willing to take up the cross for those that don't even know about the Apostolic Rock Church yet. I'm willing to carry the cross. We're willing to pay and pray and sacrifice and everything we do for some that they don't even know about who Jesus is, the oneness, apostolic. They don't know nothing about it, but they're fixing to. Why? Because there's still a people willing to take up the cross and follow him. There's still a people that are willing to bridge the gap. I don't know how to close this. I went longer than I thought I was going to preach tonight. Thank you for picking up a cross. Thank you for taking up your cross. Can we all just lift up our hands right now? Jesus, I want you to bless everyone here tonight. God bless our church family as we take up our cross and we are following after you. God, I'm just believing great blessing. God, I'm believing for more reconciliation. God, help us to bridge the gap between heaven and hell itself. God, give us a burden for souls. Give us a heart of love. God, having compassion. Oh, for the lost and for the saved. Help us to continue to work for the kingdom, to edify the saved, to evangelize the lost, to bridge the gap, God, to save souls. Oh, I thank you that you robed yourself in flesh. I thank you that you bridged the gap between heaven and hell itself. God, I'm thankful, but God, God, help me, Lord, to have, Lord, to carry the cross that you called me to. God, help me, Lord, to do it in love without murmuring, God, but I love you. I thank you for it. I thank you that I have a cross to crucify myself. I thank you that I have a cross, God, to crucify my flesh daily, to submit my will to your will, to submit my way to your way. Oh, that I might have reconciliation, God, relationship with you. God means more to me than anything in this world. For what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his soul? God, I want to bridge the gap. I want to do my part. I want to meet you in the middle, the great mediator. God of my salvation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One more time. Let's just love him. sing songs. Thank God for the blood, but thank God we have a cross to carry. Thank God there's a work for us to do. Thank God we can bridge the gap with Him. Thank God you've got a cross to reach out and bridge the gap for somebody having compassion, pulling them out of the fire.